episode 20 of the Slow Spin Society podcast. I am your usual co-host, Paul, and today, as always, is your other co-host, Fabian. Hello, Fabian. Hello, Paul. Hello, Fabian. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a hello, Paul, for every every intro I have. Okay. Aren't we? <laughs> yes. Different ways. All right. Uh, today is our Q&A episode. Uh, you guys send us a lot of questions and we're going to try to answer most of them as best as we can. Uh, I think it, I feel like it's based a lot on our own opinions about some some things. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. But yeah, there is no <laughs> wrong questions. Uh, so only wrong answers from us. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. I also wanted to thank you, thank all of you for using our new suggestion box on the website. We got a lot of questions through there. Um, even if we used it uh, this time for the Q&A episode, the suggestion box is here for you to say what you think about the podcast. Maybe we can add a new segment, maybe a new media. Maybe you want to share something with us or maybe you want to share a theme that we should talk about. Or maybe a guest. I don't know. But it's here to, yeah, make suggestions. So, here you go. On another note, if you want to hear more about uh, Fabian and I recent local cycling events, group rides we've done, or my personal velodrome practice, and more about Rafa's and Omnium new releases, then you should listen to the pre-show. Uh, you can access the extended conversation of the podcast at patreon.com slash podcast or by subscribing directly on our Apple podcast, since they now allow creators like us to set up subscription systems for you to enjoy more of our content. But more on that, of course, later. All right, Fabian, I'll let you grab the first question then. Okay, I'll grab it. I'll grab it hard. <laughs> uh, the first question is from Anonymous, not the Hacker Legion group, the Epic Hacker guys. <laughs> But Should from anonymous, from <laughs> just a guy stupid, who <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid joke, a guy or girl or whoever anonymous from suggestion box, a question for the Q and A. What are you, what are you guys doing in your daily life? Full time running SSS or is it more something on the side? And this is a bit more. Uh, there's no clear answer for this because, yeah, Paul and I we do different things for SSS. Well, Slow Spin Society. I mainly work with Paul on the podcast, well, talking here uh, every week, and I do the show notes, and I, like, double-check, like, proofread texts. So yeah. For me, it's more of a side thing in that sense. Yeah, for me, it's more of a full-time thing. Well, it is completely a full-time thing. Um, I do basically what all of you can hear or read uh, which is basically I'm recording with Fabian and mixing the podcast. I am taking the pictures, doing the Instagram, um, doing the articles on the blog, uploading, scheduling, finding the guests, uh, pretty much like all that you guys can, can see, right? Fabian does everything that is behind the scene, which is the show notes, editing my text because I make a lot of mistakes, emails for our maybe sponsors or supporters oh sneak peek <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but yeah I, I 
definitely couldn't do it alone. So I'm glad uh, there is the two of us uh, in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that answers the question, I guess. Uh, next question is well, you can you can grab this one. All right, I'll grab it even harder. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah, our next question is from Gil on Instagram. So, how why do you think the fixed gear community has managed to avoid the elitism part of cycling, like in road bikes, for example? Um, <sighs> it's a hard question, but I'd say because of track bikes origin i mean from the moment this started to be on the road and not on tracks anymore uh it was mainly couriers messengers and you definitely don't make as much money when you deliver people packages than when you are a doctor or a lawyer or a dentist or whatever and i feel that that's kind of like the beginning of things, you know, like track bikes are definitely cheaper, easy to maintenance. And because it's cheaper, you have more people getting them. And then you don't find that form of elitism that you can find sometimes into some road cycling groups. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think it also kind of like, I mean, I think it also has to do with like the average age of people who ride fixed gear. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are, there are people who ride fix who ride fixed gear when they're, uh, I, I, let's say let's say like mid thirties, mid forties, they still ride fixed gear, and that's cool. But I think the average age or like the median age is like what well, like like, like uh, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, mid twenties, mid teenage years, etc. You know, like yeah. young young adults. Let's just say young young adults. Yeah. And and in that sense, uh, they're more op- more open, I guess, to like they don't feel. I mean, I'm just making like massive generalizations because, of course, there are also kids and young adults who are dickheads. But I think generally in this age, people are just like. Aren't more you relaxed. supposed to be more open when you're older? Yeah, you th- you'd think that, but at the same time, older people are like they don't want to change or anything, yeah. and then they get like. I mean, I don't know. I'm just making like generalizations as of what yeah. I'm 24. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean even if it's yeah. elitism, elitism into road cycling. It's not everywhere, you know. I no, feel like you can find that a lot onto social medias. Yeah, on social media, people talk shit because they know they won't get hit for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, in in the pre-show of this episode, I talked about how in how in one week I was invited to two different road bike cycling groups by by people like ten, fifteen years older than me. So, like, it's not like it's a tiny shut. So it's like community that only wants to have like people with 10,000 euro bikes or something. It's just like it's open and then, yeah, they yeah. don't say anything, I guess. I mean, that's the good part of cycling is just to ride with your friends, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it always depends on who is around you, you know, who you ride yeah. with. I feel like there's definitely some groups uh, that have that kind of elitism in like yeah, if you if if you have a pair of Korimas, uh, I'll start to talk about the weather with you. Uh, <laughs> I've said that before, but yeah, I feel it's it's a thing sometimes, but not everywhere. No, and I think it's also kind of dangerous to already like before you meet roadies, for example, that you have like this this bias that you think, ah, oh, he's probably going to be elitist or she's going to be like super 
you know, you won't like fixed gear bikes or something. Like if you come in with that mindset, then you will not like anyone, I think. Yeah. So like when I went first went to I went to Rafa in, in New York City for the first time like two years ago and I always said like oh people Rafa the ones that sit in the cafe and stuff they're probably like you know like dickheads and shit but they're super friendly they're super nice <laughs> so I mean uh, if they're selling that. you stuff yeah they better be nice right no I mean like, just like the people uh, uh, that were stopping there like cyclists like they all had like fa they had really expensive bikes like not the ones working there just regular guys. And I, I said, "Oh, nice bike!" And then yeah, they were they were happy to talk about it with me, so that was that was a nice experience. Don't get me wrong; I, I've stumbled upon some people that definitely thought I was a kid because I was riding fixed gear, right? Uh, yeah. Like, oh, do you even know what a bib in a jersey is? Kind of guy, you know. <laughs> um, but I mean, they're not all like that, and yeah, I mean. If you if you happen to be upon people that are like this, just know that they are definitely they're like there's a high chance they're not that interesting in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, let's go. Next question. Uh huh. Mm. Next question is by Astro. That's a cool name on Instagram. Do you guys prefer riding a nice bike? Or a beater that is mechanically on point. So let's just for the question. Let's just assume that the nice bike is also mechanically on point. Yeah. Well, for for me, I would I would say nice bike. <laughs> I, <think laughs> <on> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, like I like I like nice bikes. I like if I like when nice bikes work properly. Mm. I, I I don't really know what to say here, to be honest. But are we talking about like a beater beater or are we talking about like a nice beater something that is beat up but it is kind of you know uh semi-expensive but looks beat up okay let's just say it's a it, it's a nice bike that used to be really nice like when you bought it first it was really nice and then it became a beater after using it a lot okay. so let's say like you used yeah okay just yeah let's go with that and definitely the beater hmm Hundred percent. It just looks cooler, man. <laughs> you have like that Sugino seventy fives. They're just saying Sugi, you know, yeah. <laughs> because they completely washed out. And your Chris King that used to be black is like fade into like a pale purple ish color that doesn't even have a name. I don't know. It just looks cool. Yeah, I guess that's also fine then. Some, something that is bit up and so it's like when you can see the effect of time on things yeah so I, I would like with that i would also agree that's nice i mean i would still pick the nice one but that, that that this type of beater is also nice but then there's also the other type of beater right like the really cheap one sticker bombed everything falling apart kind of yeah i mean in this in this sense it mechanically on point so i mean i i guess it depends on like a balance in the end yeah have you ever heard about that um aging on things or on people is the only way to see the force dimension because force dimension is time right oh wait yeah. no that's third time no that's yeah time. i'm just saying yeah i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> no because it's like x and y axis then the z axis and then the force dimension is time okay. and so aging is the only way you can see time that have run through things so for example on a bike that is completely beat up you assume that it's been out in the streets for 
a long like a while right yeah and it's it always has like that nice feeling to see that a bike have been ridden a lot yeah so yeah i, I but i am completely biased i, I love beaters so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know and they're also kind of discreet uh so it's yeah like practical if you park yeah, it in the when, city when lock you need something. to lock it somewhere you know yeah, people do that here, like with their city bikes. I mean, city bikes here are pretty shitty already, but then people, they take spray cans and just make it really like bright pink or neon yellow. So if it's stolen, you know, it's a super loud looking bike, <laughs> which is also, I mean, good good tactic, I guess. Good tactic. Uh, let's go. Next question. Okay. You can, you, you can slap this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next question is from... <laughs> Or Richard. But I think his I think his name is Richard. <laughs> uh, on Instagram, so Richard C L H R T. When and how did you two get hooked on cycling and riding fixed, especially? And what kept you there? What keeps you there? So I'll I'll give you my life story. No. Uh, I started do. <laughs> I started fixed gear five years ago by accident. So I bought a fixed gear Dolan precursor uh, used without knowing what fixed gear was. It just looked nice. And that kind of, I was like surprised. Oh, the, the tires are so, so thin. feels nice to go on smooth tarmac or, you know, whatever. So that got me into it. And since then, I've, I've just really liked fixed gear bikes. So even though I cycle less than before now, I'm, I'm just really like fixed gear bikes still and looking at them and stuff. Just enjoyed a lot that really thin saddle going right into me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for myself, once upon a time, <laughs> I was a lot into mountain biking and skateboarding. And uh, I bought a fixed gear also really without knowing what a fixed gear was. It was just like a cheap bike at the time. And uh, yeah, it was more for going from spot to spot. Uh, while skateboarding so it was easier on a bike i rode it for years without really knowing and having any interest in it and then i started looking it up on it on on the web and understanding that that was like an entire culture around those weird bikes that only have one gear and don't stop coasting i mean you can't coast <laughs> and yeah that that, that was it i was kind of hooked and then it was yeah almost 11 years ago Damn, long time yeah a long time so yeah, i'm glad i'm glad I, I stopped upon that scene and that culture yeah definitely i would have way more money right now <laughs> but <laughs> more money more space yeah <laughs> but less podcast i'm still happy yeah less podcast definitely i don't know <laughs> maybe maybe we'll do like a podcast on mechanical keyboards or Something if you else. weren't into fixed gear and I wasn't into fixed gear, we would have never even met. So. Yeah. 100%. Uh, next question is by David Hutton via the suggestion box. Thank you for using the suggestion box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys watch professional cycling? If so, do you have a favorite team? If not, why not? Keep up the excellent work. Love from Australia. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Uh, we love Australia too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't watch professional cycling. But if I were to have a favorite team, 
I, mean, I don't even know why I started this this sentence. I don't have I don't know any favorite teams. I don't know any teams. So <laughs> no, I I don't watch professional cycling. And if not, why not? Um, yeah, it's not really entertaining for me. Like I don't watch football or soccer for you Americans or Formula One either. For example, it's, it's just I don't I don't know. What do you watch? I don't watch sport really. I just I watch like things. I mean, I watch like movies and TV shows. Yeah. Or YouTube videos, but. I mean, I watch. I used to watch like a lot of UCI clips of like highlight reels of cyclocross and and uh, track events. And those are cool and, and interesting to see. But I I don't watch road cycling. Yeah. That's more to be more specific. Yeah, I have no interest, zero interest in road cycling. Like besides crits, maybe, but not like Tour de France and Giro d'Italia or stuff yeah. like that. Nah. All right. Uh, well, for me, I don't watch either. But if I had one favorite team. It would be like uh, education first, the Candel team. Yeah. Uh, I just think they are a bunch of cool dudes that don't take themselves too seriously. They don't only do road cycling, you know. Uh, I've seen them ride fixed gear. I've seen them ride cyclocross, mountain biking, enduro. They're really into anything and everything. And at the time, because of COVID and everything that went around and the massive cancellations of events. They're just doing everything they could, you know? Like, oh, there's something into mountain biking. Well, I'll just <laughs> grab a mountain biking and go, you know? And yeah, I think it's 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 a cool team. And not gonna lie, the jerseys look sick and yeah, the Palace good. uh collab was sick too, so I'm I'm surprised. Because I I knew education first as like um they they organized like exchange programs and stuff mm-hmm. and they they were doing like they had like information about like oh exchange in Japan and stuff like that and then I found out that they were a professional cycling team too that was, yeah that was surprising I mean at some point it's just like for most cycling teams they have basically no real relation with like the main sponsor but they have the name of the main sponsor. oh yeah that's true but i feel i think i've seen them going a little bit around the world and doing some events for well uh education first being part of some events i mean yeah it would be would be cool yeah the team is cool and the jur- the designs are cool the bikes are cool like what do you want me to say you know <laughs> <laughs> did they ever win anything i don't, I don't know i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I don't follow the the races or anything. I just follow the the style. (laughs) You can get the next question. Benedict on Instagram. What do you guys think about Vice Bicycle? What do you you think? think? What do I think? Okay, I'll start. Uh, Yeah, they make cool looking bikes made in Brooklyn, which is super cool. Like number 22 is there as well. I'm sure other others are there too um the asymmetrical seat stays are nice and I, for for a while i wanted one as well and uh I, there's a really good looking one on instagram by this i don't know his, his name but it's he's on terry Barrington's videos a lot the the white one with the blue red i think yellow splatters yeah or something. yeah 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 that one's really cool so yeah and now they make gravel bikes and and more before it used to be just track bikes i think right yeah, before it used to be just drag bikes, but now they're making like an aluminum version, a steel version, a lighter version, a gravel bike, and I think a road bike too, not sure. Yeah, they look cool. 
I've seen one, I think one of my favorite, I've seen it on Reddit and it was like green splatter, kind of acid green splatter on a darker tone of green. Yeah. And it was so good looking, man. <laughs> that was a cool bike. And at the beginning, the really, really thick chainstays were not my thing. I was, yeah, not sure about that, but they kind of grew up on me and now I like them a lot. And I'd really like to try one out. I don't even know if there's one in Europe. Probably. Probably, yeah. But yeah, I'd love to try one. Yes. Not that those asymmetric like <laughs> seat stays are going to make any difference, right? Like you, you have to lean more on your left or something. <laughs> I don't uh, think so, no. But yeah. I I mean, they, look, they just look cool. And the fact that they're handmade in Brooklyn just have that extra touch, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, next question is by Iqmal from Instagram. What's the best drivetrain and why? So you know 75s. <laughs> the best drivetrain, I don't know. I mean, I could say... I could say the best drivetrain is whatever is you can afford and then gets you out on the road. Something cheesy like that, something corny. <laughs> or I could say, I mean, I don't know. Like I've I've ridden a few like cheap ones and and more expensive ones, and I mean they don't. I don't really notice a difference in stiffness or anything like that. Maybe one is easier to install than the other, but I think for me it's mostly about price and what they look like. Yeah. So. If I was to be really specific, I would probably say like, like Dura Ace cranks with an arm ring, I think, and I don't know some random chain, some random cog. Yeah. Have you seen that video of every content creator in 2021? No. It's a guy getting in his studio, and he's like, he's not saying anything. I think it's a two minutes video, but he's not saying anything, and he's just like set up his background, set up his multiple lights, set up his red camera, his $3,000 MacBook, Adobe Premiere, everything, his really expensive mic. And then he sits up and he's like, hello everyone, today I'm gonna explain to you why gear doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like set up like, I don't know how many thousand of dollars of worth of gears around him and it's true that now you'll find a lot of people that say like oh dude like gear doesn't matter on a drivetrain it does it does there's just no way around it to an extent yeah to an extent of course but for me the ultimate kind of drivetrain would be a Sugino 75 crank with an R chainring or Sugino chainring I feel like you don't have to go, it's not worth it to go all the way to like the Super 75 or like the S cubic stuff. Um, and I use like a 12 euros bottom bracket and it works great. <laughs> so yeah, probably like that's my honest answer is like, I like 75, but I had Omniums too and they're really cool, but now they're going up in price. Uh, and I feel you can get away with every crank set that is not under 100 euros, basically. Hmm. Yeah. So it depends, I guess, on each person then. Yeah. Next question is by Dicek17 from Instagram. What is your best bike? 
this is <laughs> like uh, what like what's the metric my 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 favorite bike right now is my big block because it has the best colorway the pink purple fade and it's my only fixed gear bike built up right now and if it's 30 32 millimeter tires which is super nice do so, you yeah, still have clearance with 32s or it's a... i think i could go up like another two centimeters two millimeters or so yeah so you could think, you could put know. like 33 with nubbies or it would be too tight I think it'd be too tight. Oh. Like 32 is, I mean, there's some space as well, but it's already with my, my brake caliper. It's kind of a pain to already oh, yeah. get around the tire. What? You have a brake caliper? <gasps> Just for show. <laughs> <laughs> so the big block and the color is good too. Yeah. And yeah. It's definitely. like the nice pink purple. The fade. nicest one before yeah. like the all city fired everyone that makes good colorways i think <laughs> before it went down <laughs> um for me it is probably my mesh work i just enjoy the time i spend with it even if it's bent it's twist to some level <laughs> if you if you try to ride with all your hands you'll feel that it really wants to go on your right <laughs> even if you want to go straight <laughs> And it's just, I don't know, it's just the right size for me. It doesn't break my back. And I like it just a tiny bit more than my mesh still because the geometry is a little bit more playful. Uh, the geometry on the mesh still is just a tiny bit slacker, you know, but just enough that I can feel it. Hmm. So yeah, I'd, I'd say my mesh work. And as I was saying before, like if it's if, if been through time, you know, you can see the rust on it and everything. Yeah, not very surprising, I think, that your mesh work is your favorite. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can get the next question. All right. Next question is from, well, it's from a bunch of people because, of course, it's a question that we had a bunch of times. But uh, TB Mondial on Instagram or Anthony Smiley on our Discord server, what is your grill bike or the bike you've been chasing? Hmm. Number 22 Little Wing with gold to purple uh, anodization is my dream bike. At least Sounds dream. like a really precise answer. <laughs> yeah, at least dream dream track bike. That's All yeah. right. But yeah, very expensive so dream bike for now. I don't really have like a, a dream bike or a grail bike. I feel that I I'm already really, really lucky with what I have. Um, I mean, I've been, I would be down to own like some stuff that I want to try or I just want to own for the look of it, you know, mm. like um, a Bianchi Pista concept in white, if possible, if I have the choice <laughs> or uh, a red candle track or a Lang Shark track. I love those frames. Even if there's so many variants of it. There's a bunch of stuff I'd like to own, but not to the point that I'd consider it as my dream bike. This being said, last Thursday, I've seen a number 22 Lil Wing at the Velodrome. And I have to say, I understand why you want one so badly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they look they're good. Different. They it's I was surprised that because we've seen one before together, right? Yeah. And I didn't look much at it. 
I just thought it was pretty, but I didn't really like look really into it. And that time, so last Thursday, I, I looked at it more and the tubes are the exact right size. Yeah. Like the balance between the tube sizing, it just feels right for whatever reason. I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's like coincidence, but yeah, I don't know. It just, it just looks right, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I'd be keen on having a number 22 too. (laughs) (laughs) Not even your dream bike. It's like, oh yeah, sure. Just a number 22 on the side. I feel like (laughs) a titanium bike could last me quite a while. This being said, I would like to be able to fit 32s. Hmm. Because I think the little wing is 25 max. Yeah. Yeah. Real track bike. Real track bike. <laughs> yeah. Not like your fixie shit. Track low what? Yeah. So when will we have the podcast on YouTube? I mean the video as Jorge Pro on Instagram. Hmm. That's a question for you, I think, more. Yeah. Uh, well, we already have a YouTube channel, but... Most of people know that. Uh, I recently changed from just having a static cover with the audio to something that have a little bit more motion, but it's still still pretty basic. I don't know if we're going to record the podcast as a video anytime soon. Yeah. Maybe when I'll have a studio and Fabian will also have a studio. <laughs> Yeah, once, once, whenever the Patreon can buy me like a six, six room house and I have like a Patreon room for the podcast, we can do that. <laughs> Patreon <think>. room? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Maybe it would be fun to do like one episode when we're both in the same city for, I mean, if yeah. we're both in the same city for like a week only, I don't, I don't really want to stay inside for three hours to do a podcast. True, I don't know. true. I mean, I mean, it better be raining. You know, yeah, better be fucking raining. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for like video wise, not anytime soon. Uh, we plan to do something else on our YouTube channel, but it's still in the plans. And with the summer coming and we both want to get some time out and ride. So I would say not before the end of this summer. Yeah. Just to be safe. But yeah, that's pretty much all I can tell you right now and yeah coming back on the patreons uh we're getting more and more patreons so thanks a lot really yeah Uh, thank you we just passed like the 100 euros barrier and that's crazy (laughs) that's crazy that people all around the world are supporting us and what we do and yeah i appreciate that (laughs) yeah all right uh spoopy on instagram is asking who are your favorite musicians? Who are... So, well, my number one favorite musician is Frank Ocean. I knew it. I freaking knew it. <laughs> and he hasn't held a, con- a concert or anything in like six years now, which is super sad. Yeah. <sighs> or release an album for that, for that, say, for that, um, for that matter, yeah. Yeah. Well, my favorite yeah. musician is Nuhavis, and he's dead. So... He's not yeah. going to hell up any concert anytime soon. No. My my girlfriend's favorite musician is also Nohabis. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And Uyama Hirato. Uh-huh. It's a similar music type, yeah. 
But yeah, New Hobbits is really good. He he did the music for Sam, Samurai Samurai, Samurai Shampoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Rest in peace. All right, then Marius, one of our Patreon supporter, asked us a bunch of questions on Discord. You want to get the first one? Yes. Marius asked us, how did you get into cycling and when did you get into fixed gear? So I think we kind of answered this with the previous question. Yeah. And when did it become more professional? Uh, well, I think I think this is more a question for you because you've been in, you've been following like the scene since ten years, right? Oh, you mean when yeah. did fixed gear cycling yeah. become more? I think like with all like the, the all the brands and and stores and sponsorships, you know, stuff like that. I guess. Mm. I'd say. I'd say it became more professional just before the peak, you know, yeah, 2008 or something. I was not into fixed gear yet, but what I can say is when I got into fixed gear, so in 2010, there was already some structures, you know, uh, and some not rules, but like you know, ways, way to follow, you know, so. Mash SF was already a thing, of course. Macframa was a thing. Uh, brands like Bianchi or Specialized were releasing frame sets. So the Pista Concept, Langster, stuff like that. So I'd say if you're talking about fixed gear for the streets, and yeah, I'd say like 2008, 2009, 2010. But if you talk about fixed gear on the track, track bikes, then it has been professional forever, basically. Yeah. Besides that, did you do other sports to help you get into cycling? Or sports you just do because it's a good addition to cycling? Uh, I used to do a lot of track and field. So, like, like sprinting and running and stuff like that. So, I think... Really? Yeah. I, I was doing that for many, many years. Uh, so, I think, like, aerobic exercises or anaerobic exercises, like sprinting or long-distance running, those are really... They, they complement cycling because you use kind of... The, I assume you kind of use the same muscle groups. Mm. So, so I think that helps. What about you? I like to hike. <laughs> I like hiking and I want to do more of it. I hate walking into cities because I always think I could, I could have been biking, you know? <laughs> rather than just walking and being so slow from point A to point B. Hiking into the mountains or just, yeah, like camp out. Uh, I would like that. I don't know if it's like a good addition, but it's a good way to get things out of your system and have a little bit of fresh air. You're the opposite from than me, like from, in, in in regards to walking. I'm trying to do the fifty fifty kilometers this month walking. So oh, really? It's, yeah, it's really, it's really why. Nice. I like walking. <laughs> yeah, but the, your city is not Paris. That's true. Walking in Paris is, uh, I don't know, like having a running contest with a crackhead, basically. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll change my mind if I was in Paris, I think. Yeah. Uh, you want to do the next question? Yeah. Do you think cycling lows will tend more towards cyclists, like fewer rules for reflectors and brakes, or more in the direction of more lows? Worst case, license plates on bikes. Well, this is a good question, I think. I think this is a really good question. It is. Um, so at least at least here, there are lots of rules, laws that are not really like uh, enforced 
for example, like if you don't, you're supposed to have a front light, back light, and a bell, and two brakes. But uh, uh, like the brakes one is is also not really enforced. But if they if you're involved in like an accident or something, and they and they notice all these things, then they will of course notice it. But yeah, they're more they're not really rules for the type of bike you can have or or ride unless it's like a high powered electric bike. It's more of rules about how to cycle. Mm. Um, but yeah, in worst case, license plates on bikes. That's something Singapore is actually considering. Really? There are lots of cases of like cyclists that, I mean, cyclists that run red lights and they don't care. They, when they're on the road, they want to be like a car, but then they also want to like not follow the car car rules and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So people are getting really upset there and they want to re... They used to have license plates for bikes. I mean, like like sixty years ago or forty years ago or something. And they want to re- they want to bring that back so that cyclists have like some I don't I forgot the word, but like so that the cyclists are responsible for what they're doing on the road. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the question is: Do you think cycling laws will tend more towards one side or the other? And I don't I don't know. And, and I guess it depends on the country. At least in the Netherlands, cycling laws will laws will always tend towards cyclists, pretty much. Yeah. I feel like the more cyclists we have, you know, like the more population is going towards cycling, the more regulation we're going to have. It's like, you know, at the beginning, like there were only a few cars in each city and there's basically no laws, right? Yeah. People didn't know if they are supposed to right on the left or right side of the road and where to stop or to like signs were not even a thing you know yeah so as right now if i don't know like an absolute majority of the population is like no we don't need cars in cities then there are going to be like some regulations but i think it'll never be nationwide it will always be city specific like and then in the Netherlands, at least, every the, the laws for cyclists are really... I mean, I wouldn't say they're super relaxed, but the thing that helps is that everyone in, in the country, like whether they're driving a car, a truck, a bus, or whatever, everyone is still a cyclist because everyone has a bike. Everyone uses the bike probably like at least every few days or something, you know, even if they drive and whatever. And that makes it uh, like easier to make these laws that affect cyclists like properly, right? Because the people making the laws, they also cycle, yeah. so they know, they know the situation better than in other countries where people making the laws are not the ones really affected by the laws they make. Yeah, and I think that's a big, big, big. It can really impact the laws that are passed in the end, because like a guy who only drives doesn't know what cycling in the city is like, and then they will make all these stupid rules, right? It's a hard question. Yeah. Yeah, but the next one is even harder. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at least at least he says, okay, big question, maybe too much of a hot topic to answer on the podcast. Is riding a fixed gear political? That's also an interesting question. Absolutely. We need the revolution against electric bikes. <laughs> we need to conquer the cities. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, riding a fixed gear bike can be political in the sense that, I mean, in most cities, I guess it's not legal to ride the brakeless fixed gear bike. And by riding a fixed gear bike, you're kind of like making a statement that you can take care of yourself. You don't need to do these certain things or whatever. Or fixed gear scene is very inclusive, right? Anyone can join. They don't. People don't care if you're black, 
white, if you're gay, if you're lesbian, if you're transgender, whatever. So in that sense, it's also political, right? Yeah. Like fixed gear culture. So it depends on the way you look at it. But I mean, anything in life can be political. But I think especially fixed gear culture is very, it's kind of a, that, like that niche group that's like kind of like fuck your rules, but also very open to everything. I feel it's, yeah, it's a really open community, but on the other side, it's it's a lot of fuck yous to people on the road or red lights. Yeah. Yeah. Next one would be, what was the biggest waste of your money related to fixed gear? Biggest waste. Okay, to be honest, <laughs> well, it's going to be kind of a joke answer, but buying a third iron ring because I, I haven't <laughs> even worn out my first one. <laughs> so that was kind of like unnecessary. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, I don't really have, I didn't, I've never really bought anything. Okay, maybe my bull moose bars. Okay, that's a good answer. My bull moose bars. Those were 70 bucks. I brought them here by, in person, I brought them back to Europe from Tokyo, from Blue Lug. And I, I used them for a while, but I, I really don't like them. So I guess, I guess it's a waste as in I don't like using them and I don't use them anymore, but also a nice investment because now I know. I don't like Bulmos bars. What about you? You buy way more things than me, I think. Yeah. Well, actually, last night I bought Chris King. Oh my God. Headset. <laughs> because, yeah, it was cheap. And I was like, I need a Chris King. So I bought one. But yeah, anyway, um, I would say my deluxe titanium integrated bar. Why? Bought it a year and a half ago. Used it. Three times, probably. What? Really? Yeah. I thought you had them on, on your bike the entire time. Well, it was on my Seta, and then it was on my ah. Omnium, and then it was on my Mesh at some point. But first, it's too wide, and I need to cut them down. So I need to find someone that will cut titanium for me. It's really easy, titanium, to cut. Really? Yeah, I I, 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 um, I was asking the bike shop about, shop about like... How is, how is cutting titanium and they said oh you need like a plasma cutter you need to go to a metal workshop and then i emailed number 22 because i was thinking like if i get a little wing it would come with integrated seat post and you would have to shorten it mm-hmm. but anyway uh I, I emailed little wing and they said no you just need like a like a guide it's basically cutting a fork you just need like a saw guide and a, and a metal metal saw and that's it like made for metal yeah i thought you needed like something special okay no no and so yeah they're too long that's one. And second, it's a hard fit, you know? Uh, yeah. They don't fit on every bike. Yeah, they cost me way too much with taxes. So I'll give you 350 for it. Uh, I'll give you a pack of Oreos. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I would say that's my biggest waste of money. Even if I love Deluxe, uh, maybe that one was not worth it. <laughs> Another question from Marius. After how many kilometers does your butt butt hurt if you don't wear a bib? Or how far would you cycle without a bib? Okay, I never cycle without a bib. I only cycle with bibs. Uh, After how many km would it hurt if you don't wear a bib? Probably like after now, probably after like 20k would probably hurt already. Weak. Holy (laughs) shit. My my butt is not accustomed to the the pains of no bibs. (laughs) I would say without a bib, I would say 90, 100 Ks. Jesus, man. I just never wear them. I won't, like whenever I cycle, I only cycle for like rides where I would need a bib. So I don't, I don't take my bike out unless I'm wearing a bib anyway. But 100 K without a bib, man, I, would, I wouldn't survive. 
your butt knows how to take a beating. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, don't take that out of context. <laughs> okay, and one last question from Marius. What do your parents think about riding fixed gear? Ah, uh, they don't like it. You don't like it? No. Really? Yeah, they don't like it. Oh, wow. I feel That's really it. sorry for getting you into that podcast then. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, I'm just doing a podcast, but like... Mom, they don't I'm like... making a living out of it. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a road bike too, and, and yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I mean, fixed gear, I have a brake and everything, and I always wear a helmet, so I guess it's fine. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I would say they don't care. <laughs> um, they, I mean, they are completely fine with it. Uh, they enjoy that I have an outlet. You know, I could, I would not be able to be someone livable without having a sport outlet. And I feel like cycling and fixed gear especially is the perfect thing for me. <laughs> uh, I got bored of a lot of other sports really fast. The, the thing that hang on with me the longest was skateboarding. Yeah, they're, they're completely fine with it. And sometimes I show them clips and they're like... <laughs> Oh, gotta be careful sometimes, eh? And I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's different <laughs> when you see on the video. <laughs> no, but my dad really supports me, but really don't understand what I'm doing, you know? Uh, sometimes he look at my stories on Instagram and I do like tricks or anything. And he's like, yeah, um, I really enjoy like the last thing you did when you, you turn like that and then you... Can you kind of slide on the side and did something with your butt? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally see what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're okay with it. That's good. Okay, that was the last question from Marius. Next one. Favorite bike manufacturer or part from Folke on Discord? Favorite bike. I mean, I would say, I mean, Grail bike is number 22 and they make crazy looking stuff. So I would go with them, I guess. Mm-hmm. What about part though? Uh, probably Arn. Hmm. I mean, it's just made in the US. Really good quality. The guy loves what he does. Yeah. That's all I need, right? It sounds about right, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right, yeah. Arn sounds like a good answer. I feel like there's other brands that are really niche and love what they're doing. Like Pole or uh, Squid Bikes, for example. Yeah. But I've never tried whole components apart from one hub that I had for six months. And Squid Bikes, uh, I've only like tried friend stuff. Yeah, I'd say Arn too. People are going to think we're simping really hard over Arn and number 22. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, the previous podcast, we talked about how like Canyon the entire time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> We're not sponsored by anyone. <laughs> nice, but... <laughs> um, okay. Deserve on Discord is asking, what have you... Wait, sorry. What have been some of your least favorite or most disappointing barks, parts, bikes you've owned or used? Uh, I mean, we've kind of answered this already, right? Well, so, no, uh, that's me, from another point of view. That's not really a waste of money. That's like... Oh, disappointing. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay, then bull moose bars. I thought they would, they would like feel as cool as they look, but they don't. They <laughs> suck. <laughs> they suck. No, but yeah. So that's that's for me. I don't know. Um, I'm looking around, and <laughs> I'm also thinking at the same time that I don't keep anything that disappoints me. Could be shoes as well, or clothing, or bibs. Oh yeah. 
Mm. I mean, parts, bikes. I, don't, I mean, let's let's just let's just expand it to like. I I feel like I always make enough research beforehand. Uh, I usually I'm usually not disappointed, and I don't break that much stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me let me get it out there. Zip thirties. Oh yeah, they just collapsed on you. They collapsed for various reasons, and it's not the rim fault, you know. But they are not an extremely good rim for the price uh, people sell them for. You can have the exact same rim for thirty bucks. The DT Swiss ones, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Okay, next question for you. Another question from the Zerv on Discord: uh, What bags not mounted on the bike? So I, I guess backpack or messenger bike. Uh, do you use and what would you recommend especially looking for messenger bags okay this is all you um messenger bags i use well i don't use a messenger bag at the moment but when i was using one i was using uh, a handcrafted one in tokyo by a brand called crank uh they're like really simple but really nice and the guy making them has like a lot of intention for details and they are Good bikes, uh, good bags, sorry. And I feel like you probably have like a local bag crafter, especially messenger bags. I feel like there's a lot out there. Most of them are making really, really nice stuff. So that could be a good way to support like your local business kind of. Apart from that, uh, I also use the Chrome Citizen. That one was also custom made because it was like a, you know, when they were making like custom to orders and you could choose your colors and everything. Uh, yeah. So I think they still do it in Tokyo because Chrome Asia and rest of Chrome is not the same company. It was a really, really good bag to, yeah, the Citizen or the Citizen Mini. Those are good bags. Uh Easy, funny question, but what is the best answer to the question? But how do you break? This question is by fixyuser.cc on Instagram. Well, I say with the break. <laughs> that's that's more questions than Paul, I guess. I don't know. I usually run out of like inspiration, and I just say, "Oh, I just don't." And people are like, "What do you mean you don't break?" Oh, I just, I just go. I never stop, you know. <laughs> and at this <laughs> point, I feel like most of people understand that i'm kind of kidding you know yeah <laughs> yeah i usually run out of funny answer pretty fast uh at some point i said that uh i said oh i don't have brakes it was like some security guard in front of like a shop or anything he wouldn't believe me like really he wouldn't believe me he was like no no no, no. there is something under your bar tape or like little clickies or maybe your bar ends are your brakes and it's like no there's just none and it's like no that's impossible i don't believe you and he was there trying to figure it out for like a good solid 10 minutes it was annoying <laughs> i was annoyed i don't know what would be the best answer what would you say if you if you had no brakes if i had no brakes i would say I will explain the entire history of track bikes and how a, like a direct drivetrain system works. No, I don't know. I would, I would, I guess I would just show a, like a small clip on my phone. Like, uh, that would be like such the best answer. Like, 
But how do you break? Well, it all started in into the 17th centuries when couriers were using bikes as a mean to transfer sensitive documents from point A to point B. And you just go on until the guy is bored, completely <laughs> bored. Yeah, and then they just walk away and they don't care anymore. <laughs> Whatever, fuck you, man. <laughs> All right, next question from Gifted Otter on our Discord server again. Um, any emerging trend you are noticing? Things that are starting out but not quite there yet. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't, I don't really follow anything like that. Come on. You literally have a cycling podcast. I know, but I don't really, I don't really check Instagram that much. Like all these things. I don't keep up with that. What, what could be something new? Not something new, but I feel like things are making a comeback, you know? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> like I said it before, but color tires, uh, making a comeback. And I think we're going to see more and more of them like soon. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a trend at some point, but also like a lot of smaller creators, but not like content creators, more like more look of smaller manufacturers. That's what I meant. So like people that are going to make really, really small batch of chain rings or hubs or, you know, yeah, something that is really small designed for a niche yeah, it's just there as a really, really small and limited quantity. And I feel like we're seeing more and more of those. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely the, the colored tires. Everyone's hopping on that train, I think. Oh, and um, fancy bar tape. I feel like I've seen yeah. more recently. You know, like bar tape with more colors on it and sometimes even prints, you know, like motifs and stuff. That's the thing I've been seeing more mm. recently. Next question by Crooks on Discord. What's your longest fixed gear ride and biggest climb? I think my longest ride, I think like 130 or something, okay? And the biggest climb is like, what, like 150 meters maybe? <laughs> There's no no climbing here in the Netherlands, really. I mean, there is in some areas, tiny bit, but not where I ride. So, yeah, mini climbs. Uh, longest ride, around 250. And biggest climb, I couldn't say. Honestly, I don't know. 1500s or something like that. Not that much. Everest win. I rarely record stuff on Strava, so I don't really know. Yeah. At least at least you have mountains, which is nice, right? Well, yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. No, but I like climbing, not going to lie. I like climbing, but going down after is always a little bit more of a challenge, I feel. But I also enjoy long rides uh, on just you know, something that is... Not yeah. that healy, you know. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess Netherlands would be a good destination <laughs> for that. Oh, final question. Final question. I'll I'll give you the honors. Oh, thank you, my good sir. <laughs> well, Falke on Discord again uh, is asking us, if you could have a free unlimited supply of any bike part, Honorings. what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will get iron rings, unlimited supply, and flood the market so everyone can enjoy iron rings. And then the people reselling iron rings for $1,500 can get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's my final answer. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, then, yeah, finance. Okay, but can we resell them or not? I mean, he doesn't. He didn't. He didn't add terms and conditions with the question, so I guess I guess we can. 
because if it, if it was for my personal use, I'd go with tires because I go I run through a bunch of tires every year, and that oh, would yeah. save me a bunch of money, especially if it can have like a free and unlimited supply of good tires, you know. Yes, please, please give Paul good tires. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll put my address in the show notes so you guys can, you guys can send me tires. No, <laughs> you're gonna get like, <laughs> uh, you guys gonna get like someone gonna send you like dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess tires. Uh, we can one can dream mm. unlimited free unlimited bike parts. Yeah, or like I could have like free and unlimited uh, Jura's group set and resell them like candies, especially Sh- right Shima- now. Olympic Shimano chain rings. <laughs> <laughs> That would lose value at some point. Yeah, that's true. Group sets are so hard to find at the moment. Like, if I have a free and unlimited supply of whatever expensive group set, I could make so much money to buy good tires afterwards. <laughs> that's true. A lot. A lot. How much is the Durai's group set? Like DI2 and everything? Yeah. Correct. 2.5k or something i think holy shit yeah so yeah probably that or 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 old companion parts hmm. because i feel like there will always be someone collectioning old italian bikes and that needs those old companion parts always and always the people the collectors they have all the money yeah <laughs> Di2 Dura Ace disc group set, two thousand seven hundred euros. Oh my god! Ah, oh, it's on discount. It's on seven hundred euro discount, down from three thousand four hundred euros. How can they be on discount? Three thousand four hundred euros. Fuck, man. Who? That's a lot of money. That's more than. Oh yeah, out of stock. Oh, there's only one in stock. Huh. Oh. It's too much money. Yeah. Well, that was the last question. Yeah. Yeah. Final, final question. What's your favorite dish? My favorite dish? Like, ever? Yeah, like, that, like something you would always love to eat. Mm, is dessert an option? No. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, not really, no. Okay, okay, no, no, okay no, no, no. Not really, not really. Like, like, a real, like a meal. Okay. Uh, I'd say lasagna. Oh, that's pretty good. What about you? Frozen pizza, I bet. Make spicy burgers. Ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, if, if I could share McSpicy burgers with everyone listening to this, I would do it instantly. <laughs> uh, it's like enlightening. Like it will open your eyes to what good food is. Can we have McDonald's as a sponsor? Oh, man. If it's McDonald's, like the Singaporean McDonald's, then yes, please. If it's like the Dutch McDonald's, then nah. You would have to pay <laughs> me. You'd have to pay me to be sponsored by them. It sounds like a long <laughs> shot. Yeah. Okay, so that was, yeah, final, final question. Final, final question, yeah. Final, final question. Uh, just before we do the outro, I just want to say a little something. Okay. Apple is releasing a podcaster subscription plan, uh, and we subscribed to that plan. So basically, uh, it allowed us to put the extended version of the podcast on Apple podcast and you guys can subscribe to have that extended version that we talked about all the time uh, directly via Apple podcast. We haven't decided the pricing yet, 
uh, we'll we'll do that soon. But it's supposed to release tomorrow. So I mean, we are the today what the 14 of June, yeah. and yeah, it's it's gonna release tomorrow. So from tomorrow, you guys will be able to just use your Apple account, like the one you use on the App Store or anything, uh, to buy uh, the monthly subscription to uh, have the extended version of the podcast. It is not a Patreon subscription, so uh, you won't have the Patreon advantages, but I feel like it's just more simple for a lot of people it's in the same app you just have to clicky clicky and it's done yeah yeah you you'll see just know that apple takes 30 percent of everything <laughs> jesus christ yeah and we had to pay to be part of that really yeah oh no <laughs> but well, yeah it's, maybe yeah. it's just easier for everyone then yeah uh so Everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog, slowspinsidey.com. And you'll also find the suggestion box where you can tell us what you'd like to talk in the podcast. We talked about that before. You can find us on our Discord server. The invite link is also in the show notes or with our Instagram account at slowspinsociety. Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show or by giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. If you get value out of the show, why not consider putting value back in by visiting our Patreon page, patreon.com slash podcast. To join the community, we're pledging at any level we grant you access to the pre and after show, which is around 40-50 minutes of extra content per week. We are now at 21 Patreons, bringing us even closer to our monthly goal and more privileges for every tier. Thank you so much for your support. Yes, thank you. The music for the show is Lovely Swinder by Amaria, and the illustration is by at JuliaJoe on Instagram. Do you have one last question for our late listeners? The one that actually listened after the outro. Oh, why are you, why are you still listening? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what's going on? Why are you listening after the outro? You shouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. See you next Monday. <laughs> Bye. Bye.